and welcome to episode 7 of Sitcom Geeks with me, Dave Cohen, and James Carey. Hello. Also, our producer, Katie Storey. Hello. Who uh, is not looking at all like she's just spent the last four weeks in a darkened church hall in a wet city called Edinburgh, all for the love of her art. So more about that uh, later. And um, in this episode of the uh, British Comedy Guide Sitcom Geeks uh, show, we're going to talk mainly about finding the right stories for your sitcom. Now, a couple of years ago, James wrote several blogs about this, which made me realise he is the definitive expert in this field. (laughs) Wow. I I follow his example slavishly now whenever I'm creating a new show. Um, So we'll start with uh, an email. We've had a few emails, and uh, this is an email that came from James Arnold, and he uh, asked the question, he says, how do you distinguish a story from a script? And... uh, that's uh, before you even write a line of dialogue, really. You have to be quite clear uh, what your story is going to be. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So the first question for you, James, is um, how many stories, then, in the first instance, are you looking for? How many stories in the script or how many stories are you just, just once you're generating? Just, you've got a new sitcom idea. Okay. You want to start thinking about what your stories what, what are, what your the episodes stories? are yeah, going to be. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, you're looking... For me, this is how I do it, but... You want hundreds. Uh, you certainly want dozens. And in one sense, coming up with stories is, is really, really hard. And coming up with the right stories is really hard. And there's no great secret to it, really. Um, if you're a genius, that's fine. Well done. Uh, otherwise, you just have to think of loads of stories. Lots of them will be terrible. Mm-hmm. Lots of them will be uh, feel, feel like they've been done. But one or two will just be the right stories you need. So my general rule of thumb is you're looking just to get a blizzard of ideas down. Don't even think about them in any great detail. And and then you sort of start to go back over them. So you can, so for example, I mean, I, there's a little bit about this in, in my uh, writing that sitcom book. But for example, Jeff decides to sell his dreadful garden produce at the farmer's market. Right. Assuming that your yeah. character Jeff has a garden, you think Jeff has yeah. a garden. What could he do? Oh, farmers market. Okay, right. Bang. Don't think about it any more than that. Just go on to the next one. Um, Jeff deci- or Sally decides to confront her hairdresser with the news that she is really bad at cutting hair. She gets a really bad haircut every time. She can't get out of it. She's going to have to do something about it. Whether that confrontation happens at the end of the show or the beginning of the show. Doesn't matter. Forget about it. Just go on to the next one. I see. And obviously, these you know, at this early stage, um, we're we're not going to build too much on that. But you can see already in those kind of first sentences, you're looking for something that is going to put your character into a, a difficult situation, aren't you? Ideally, in the first instance, you just want to come up with stuff. You want to think about. Uh, uh, stuff that has happened to you, stuff that happens to other people, flipping through magazines. It's one of the areas where research, if your show is about something specific, where that comes into its its own in terms of just the research process generally will just generate a whole load of whole load of stories that you wouldn't have thought of. So, you know, for Bluestone, we were just talking to soldiers and we came away with every time 10, 15, 20 things yeah. Some of which you can immediately see the the potential in, and other wit, others you think oh, I don't I don't really know what that story yeah. is, but there's there's something in it. We'll talk about um, sort of high concept, well researched shows in in a bit, but presumably if you've just got your your uh, your your sitcom with Jeff and Sally, your yeah. your 
couple. Uh, and if, if you're coming up with uh, 20 ideas for Jeff for every sort of two ideas that you're coming up for, for with Sally, that's kind of it's, it's time to start thinking a little bit yes. about the characters, yes. isn't it? It's yeah. possible that you're just a misogynist, um, <laughs> and that's you know yeah. that's something that's a show that's something for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Or in fact that you're a feminist and you know you're kind of you're, you're struggling to uh, make life very hard for Sally. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it, so, but in the but it, but before you even get to that stage, really, you just need to think of tons of things for them to do, yeah. and then something will sort of come of it potentially. So for me, it's um, you know a, a day in the life. What do you do in your day? Just work through your day. Just thinking. Well, you get up. You have stuff for breakfast. What do you have for breakfast? Where do you get it from? What are you wearing? Uh, do you have anything that happened to you where your clothes disappeared, shrunk in the wash, were stolen? How do you get to work? Do you have a bike? Do you have a car? What went wrong with your bike? What went wrong with your car? Do you get the tube? What happened the day the tube didn't run? I really, actually, and funnily enough, I used this. uh, I I used the James Carey technique. The James Carey technique. (laughs) And then I got three commissions from ITV (laughs) the next day. No, but it was just, uh, it's just something that had never occurred to me. But it said, you know, just just follow your character uh, from the minute they wake up. And actually that happened to fit extremely well with a character that I, I had who happened to be somebody who needed to be uh, healthy but couldn't wasn't able to do anything about it so it's a kind of obsessive yeah this sort of obsessive fitness regime that I thought if he's doing this every day for no purpose yeah actually this could be potentially very funny that there's a lot of stuff going on all the time he's just doing this stuff that from getting up at 7 a.m yeah. he's doing his exercises and doing strange visual things that will be of no use to him at yeah. all so, so it's definitely from from something seemingly so banal as you know what happens to your character the second they wake up. Yeah, it, you can get uh, some yeah. good ideas. You know, and and also as you're doing this, especially in the, especially as you're starting out, you're not quite sure whether your sitcom whether you actually have anything yet. Quite often, you'll discover that there are really key things that your characters does early in the day or late in the day that you think, oh, that really defines who they are. Mm-hmm. So one, you know, this is a one for a different podcast, really. But for example, does your character have a picture of somebody on their nightstand, mm-hmm. and who is it a picture of? Is it their sister? Is it their mother? Is it their pet? Is it Theresa May? <laughs> um, is it Stalin? Uh, you know what I mean? Is right. it uh, yeah. uh, who? Yeah. Who is that person? And that will just right. again, just it just sort of thickens up yeah. your character. Right. And okay. so what? And so although so you've got lots of these banal incidents which you can plunder from your life, and hopefully they will then trigger sort of individual anecdote things that happen to you. So, for example, you're going through, um, how do they get to work? You think of cars, and then I would think at that moment, oh, I, drive, I drove into the side of the road the other day and had to get picked up um, and towed away. Um, and it weirdly cost a lot less money than I thought it was going to do, and it was overall a very strange experience, and... Um, and, my, and I was sort of stranded in the middle of the countryside and my kids were with me and fortunately a mate came to pick me up but what if he hadn't been there and suddenly you're into sort of something that is actually real um, and and so that's kind of the other the, I mean so you're looking for just triggers into more interesting stories and anecdotes for you for previous flatmates yeah. people you've lived with people you've known eccentric uncles <laughs> and and before you know it, you've sort of probably got a list of maybe 30 or 40 kind of slightly longer, slightly more interesting stories. Yeah. Um, 
and then you know you just want to keep tr- and then and then on top of that I would just say make sort of therefore go out of your way to create stories in your own life and be around other people who make stories yes that's an interesting thought that's because um, you cause, I mean yeah. you, you've literally get outside of your comfort zone yeah that's yeah well I mean you've just literally yeah. had it now because you, yeah. you got here <laughs> Sort of in a slightly tearing hurry, you decided to drive, and then the parking mm. restrictions were six thirty, not six. So you suddenly had to find some money. I didn't have any money, so, so I had to borrow it from Katie. But in fact, she didn't have any coins. She only had a tenner, so she had to go to the shop to buy something to get some change. Um, and then I went to put the coins in the machine, and it actually said, uh, "You can't put coins in this machine. You have to go and pay at the food shop on seven seven four Holloway Road." <laughs> which I then went to, and they said, no, you don't go to us, just go to this machine around the corner, they take money. Um, so by which time the two pounds that I needed for the uh, parking had gone down to one pound. So in fact, I... But, and then I would say, but then of course you get back to your car and discover you've been clamped because yeah, it's taken you so long yes. to buy a ticket. You then remonstrate with the traffic warden, uh, yeah. um, blah, 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 and yeah. suddenly you've, you've mm. sort of got, a, you've got a bit there. It's not really a plot not necessarily. Really, no, but it's, it's, uh, it's, Two, you can see that as a kind of two minutes of yeah. the character is who, who you're depending on who your character is. I mean, I mean if you start to put that, if you uh, imagine that happening to say Basil Fawlty, uh, or if you imagine it happening to uh, uh, Frasier or someone, you know, immediately you you, you can see how uh, that this what is a fairly dull banal story, as I think I proved there in my my telling. <laughs> Not at all, um, but. Uh, you know, can can be brought to life when you suddenly think, well, just imagine if that was yeah, John Cleese doing yeah. having that happen to him. You know, I mean, I, I guess if we're being technical, it's sort of an incident, like me bashing into the bollard. That doesn't really tell you much about me as a character, mm. but it's stuff that happens and yeah. gets in the way. Mm. And then when you have an incident like that, what you can then sort of add to it is, why is that the worst possible day that could happen? Yeah. And then you you might get a story out of that. You know, you're on your way to something. You absolutely have to be there at six. You've got to be a witness to somebody's wedding. You've got to be, you know. And suddenly you've you've got something more. And also because if you're, uh, you're what you're talking about is if you've got this one main character that this thing is happening to. Uh, if you're lucky, you're getting a series a year on BBC. So you you basically want six unusual things yeah. to happen to this person in the course of a year that happen to be. Uh, sort of truncated into like a six-week period on on TV, but that's why it's okay. You can be, you can afford to be a bit outlandish. Yeah, you? you can afford to just have things pile up on top of each other in the way that they sort of don't really happen in real life. Yeah, but and then they sometimes they do, um, yeah. and actually we we forget those quite easily if we're not careful. Mm. Um, so I mean the other thing you can do is slightly cheat and if you've come up with sitcom ideas before you can just look at the list that you came up with for a different sitcom mm. and it may be a completely different sitcom it, you know it, it might be your show might be um, uh, set on a desert island and you go through uh, the storylines for a sitcom set in a grocery shop mm. and most of the ideas might not be useful, but three or four yeah. of them suddenly might be. Suddenly you're just thinking, uh, you know, there's, there's something about a whole load of tinned peas. And you think, oh, maybe a big carton of tinned peas gets washed up on the desert island and yeah. that's all they have to yeah. eat. And with a message in them. With a message in them. They spell out or they decide to uh, dry them out and then spell a message on the sand. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, it's just, you just want to grab anywhere mm. you can. And then once you've got your big long list... 
you then need to uh, start to kind of work out which ones are interesting. Yeah. Which yeah. ones you feel you haven't seen before. And then you can maybe spend another few minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour on each mm. one of those, just approaching it from all angles, thinking what could happen? How could it happen? Yeah. Um, bef- and again, you don't need to worry too much about detail or the order in which things happen. Or again, does this, is this an event that triggers things or is this the denouement for a, another event or, um, but again, it's just a starting point. Really. Yeah. Cause I think we're there. There's room for an uh, an episode, I think, where we could actually talk about taking. We could take a plot. We could take a couple of stories and actually break them down in detail. And maybe they're something that might be a quite well known plot from yeah. from a well known show. Um, so, from the point at which you're coming up with these hundred ideas, whatever, how um, how long? I mean, you're still quite a long way from the point at which you're going to have like a, a fairly detailed. Uh, yes, probably. Plot. I mean, it depends. I mean, you you immediately get excited about some of them, I think, yeah. and then you don't worry too much about others. This is where, well, this is, again, for another show, this is where a writing partner helps, um, especially mine, because uh, Richard is really good at spotting ideas that have potential that he, you know, whereas I just splurge a load of stuff, mm. and then he sort of says, I like the third one, I like the ninth one, right. and the 15th one, uh-huh. and... And the rest, you know, and so, so an outside help, you know, an, yeah. an outside mind, which is if you've got a producer or you're working with a development producer yeah. or or a, a sympathetic friend, yeah, you can just talk about it. One suggestion that you've mentioned is uh, uh, agree to do stuff that you hate. Yes, you can you can you give me an example? Of what uh, you've done? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of stuff that I've agreed it's to a, do. It's a great idea. Yeah, just doing stuff that you think. I have no desire to do this and I'm just going to do it to see what, I mean, for example, for me, that would be DIY maintenance, (laughs) uh, fixing stuff that I should probably get someone else to look at. And then I might have a look at it for a while and then just think, wow, I'm out of my depth here. But also think to myself, if I was a very, very either arrogant person or (laughs) mean person who didn't want to pay for someone else, Mm. I can totally see how I would become electrocuted at this point. Or do it to me. I sort of like... So you're sort of really trying to just pick out... So an example I wrote about in the book is how I tried to fix our burglar alarm. Oh, right, yes. And I was living in a rented... I was living in a rented house, and we'd never switched it on. Hmm. But I thought I should probably figure out how to work this, because at some point I might need to know how to work it. And then I, I, don't, I don't think I managed it in the end, or maybe I did. But then my wife went out. I was left in charge of my toddler and my baby at the time thinking hang on if I set this alarm off this is not going to go well for me because my baby's asleep and suddenly I sort of locked that away made a note of it in my mind decided to not bother with the burglar alarm but sort of so whenever I mean in one sense you volunteer to do stuff you don't want to do but there's another sense in which when I bashed my car the other day and, and this you know I had to sit there for four hours uh, when the guy eventually came I just thought Here's a guy who picks up cars for a living. I don't tend to meet people like this. I'm just going to ask him a whole load of questions right. and just com- make conversation yeah. with him. Yeah. And I found out, you know, why he does that job, what job he did before, mm-hmm. and how he used to own a BMW and he got it up to 260 miles an hour on the autobahn. Um, <laughs> you know, it's that sort of 
that sort of stuff. And he was a really interesting, interesting character who looked yeah. a tiny bit like Bernard Breslau. Yeah. Um, so in one sense, I think I try to take any yeah. I, I, generally negative mm, experience where mm, ideally bereavement is not involved yeah. um, and then exploit it and decide to make the most of it rather than just getting angry about it hmm. or getting fed up with it or just... Yeah. I found myself in Ashford earlier this summer uh, at the height of um, the massive sort of traffic jams on uh, on the way to the uh, to, to Dover, um, and having to be in taxis. It's a really dull story as to why, but I ended up having to be in three different taxis in <laughs> in Ashford over a period of uh, less than twenty four hours, and uh, it was a sort of hellish time. But I just thought, sod it, I am just going to seriously engage in conversations yeah. with these guys and I, I, I got some uh, interesting just just stuff that may come to absolutely yeah. nothing but but some just really funny stories and and uh, what's these guys aren't used to sort of necessarily chatting in a way and being being interviewed which was yeah. effectively what I was mm-hmm. I was doing and uh, it was it was quite um, it was quite fun actually and I do I recommend that um, it's that everything is copy mentality because when something awful happens to me at the back of my mind I'm thinking I can't wait to tell people about this yeah like, this will make a great story or Facebook post or yeah yeah um, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and so it's it's broken don't put lines. it on Facebook <laughs> yeah don't don't waste Keep it on it. Facebook put it Keep on it. broadcast I had a story I had a great story that I told a friend of mine which uh, three four five years later subconsciously he'd obviously taken it on board and it, it appeared as an episode of a, of a sitcom and I just thought oh that's, that's my story I, <laughs> and I thought, hang on and the name of the person's the same he, he obviously and he, he's not someone who would steal a story no, but no. he subconsciously uh, borrowed the story from me I, thought, I hope, oh, you're, God, I I hope you at least subconsciously got a pint out of it or, <laughs> or a curry I'm or sure something. I did yes I'm sure I did but uh, just just to Come on to this, this story. We were talking earlier about then about um, you know Jeff and Sally, and you you kind of have an idea of this sitcom, but then yeah. but then to kind of leap over to Bluestone for two yeah. then, um, which is obviously a very different kind of sitcom. It's, very, it's you know, high concepts mm. to use another cliche, but I mean it, it, from that point of view, you're not just you're not just kind of walking down the street coming up with ideas. You mm. are doing, like, serious research, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. And you are... It's a mixture of reading, clicking around. Um, so, for example, for uh, for the army, there's a significant um, online uh, website called Ask the Army Rumour <laughs> Service. Right. And there are tons... Oh, that army humour. <laughs> tons and tons of, mes- of message boards mm-hmm. um, where we sort of just sort of spotted a couple of things. In fact... I can specifically remember one story from the third series, which I read. Um, I think it was to do. We, we'd we'd already heard about Screech, which is orange powder that is turned into orange squash. And in the story, we've got an episode where Rocket oh, yeah. ends up sort of taking loads and loads of it. Yeah. And that's partly through a thing called Screech Racing. We heard about it where they sort of bet each other to think. Right. But I think the one where he shoved it up his nose, yeah. I might have read on Arse uh, somewhere and sort of snorted it. And, um, and I probably wouldn't have thought of that, actually, even though it's sort of fairly obvious in retrospect. Yeah. Um, but, that, but those sorts of things. But ideally, you just... There's no real substitute for talking to people, which mm. I know if you're a writer, you're co- you're sort of determined to not have to talk to anyone because if yeah. you wanted to talk to people, you'd be a producer. Right. Right? Earth, <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, 
and actually getting stories out of people can be quite hard because funnily enough they usually want to tell you stuff that's useful but then they want to tell you stuff that they think is funny and actually a lot of that stuff is is very hard to understand for the layman and quite often you quite often it's sort of background and texture so sometimes when somebody would tell you a story that they thought was funny you would think, I'm sure if you were there, it probably was yes, funny. You had to be there. You sort of had yeah. to be there. Yeah. But in the process, they sort of say, oh, and anyway, because it was a Thursday, it meant that we didn't have any rations. Yeah. So what Bill then did is he did X. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. On thir- you had no rations on Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't get rations on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you? Oh, I can't remember. I think it's because something to do with the Navy in the 18th century. What? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's completely made up. But, yeah. those, but, yeah. but because the... But because once you've been in the army for two, three, four, ten, fifteen years, you just forget that that's weird. Yeah. And so every time you hear some kind of, they take for granted, you know, X, and you just say, no, 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 what's what's that? Why, why is that? Who does that? Who gets to do it? And, uh, you know, just so, how, how did you get into the army? Where did you serve? What did you end up doing? What did you think you'd end up doing? What was the best thing about it? What was the worst thing about it? There are lots of... You know, you just want to make it as easy as possible for them to tell you stuff in a way that they don't realise they're telling you stuff. You're not trying to trick them, but you're trying to help them to give you stuff that they don't know how to give you. Well, I was a journalist and uh, a very similar kind of thing happened. You're trying to find out information and and the person you're talking to... uh, doesn't yet know that they have the information that they want to tell you. So, and, and, you know, obviously they'd, they'd be journalists because they, they'd, they'd tell you it all yeah. paragraph by paragraph. But of course, it all sort of comes out in a uh, in a different way, and you have to you have to kind of work your way through yeah. pages and pages of notes, and then you find oh, actually, yes, that's the really important aspect of it. So, so there's a lot to be said for just talking to people, mm-hmm. reading the magazines that they read, looking at the websites right. they look at. Mm-hmm. And also doing some research and then talking to someone and and then, you know, having someone you can phone up and say, oh, I just read an article about X. What was that all about? And Oh, yeah, I know all about that because the Marines right. used to do this thing whereby this happened. And then there was this one time where somebody went up Ben Nevis and did a thing and then, you know, oh, OK, right. So you've, you've made a contact there and then you can sort of use them just to say, can I just check something with you? I read this thing about this or that. And quite often they're more than happy. Uh, to oblige because also if you're if you're a dentist if you're a um, an accountant you you like it and you're enthusiastic about it and you do it for 40 hours a week hmm. and so you want when people ask you about it it's actually quite flattering yeah and you want them to get it right and it's because it's really annoying when you watch something on tv and it's hmm. about the thing that you do and you go well that's nonsense it doesn't happen like that yeah so they have an incentive to to get to get you to get it right Right, so you've got your uh, you've got your hundred plots, and you, you're, you're starting to uh, see them. Yeah, you're starting to. There's the ones that catch your eye, and then there's uh, you know, so it's coming down now. You've got about twenty ideas, and uh, what happens now with these twenty? So, ideas? I mean, there's no substitute for then just going in great detail and working out, okay, what are the beats of this story? But the way to, but you can't do that with twenty or thirty in the first instance. Mm-hmm. So. I've got a, su- a subconscious set of rules in my head. Right. So in the first instance, you're looking for any story that brings your characters into conflict. Yeah. So that's the key. Pa- par- that's parking, everything, isn't parking it? meter. That's that's fine. Yeah. But that's something that's happened to mm. to you, your character. 
and you have to either work out some way in which it's now their fault and mm. it's pride, like, like with the amazing Fraser episode where it's about parking. Right. And he drives in the car park and wants to drive straight out again. And the guy charges him for an hour of parking yeah. and he refuses to pay. Right. And he sits there for an hour on principle, even though he's missing a ceremony <laughs> where he's being given the freedom of the city. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that. And then he, and then yeah. there's a lovely, lovely little tag at the end where it goes on to the second hour. He gets charged for that and he refuses to pay <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's an interesting point is because you might think that the, uh, the sort of the brilliant, great story, like, for instance, the, the person who's told you the research, this is the funniest thing, and it sounds like the funniest thing. But actually, when you start to go through your list and it's... Uh, you know, he's been, he's got a parking ticket and he's refusing to leave the car park. And you sort of look at that one line in your list of 100 and it doesn't sound that promising, does it? But no. This is the point at which it starts to be actually some of the greatest comedy moments come from these sort of tiny, the, the, the tiny stories, yeah, really, don't Exactly. They? Um, I mean, going back to Miranda's example of the idea of going to a psychiatrist and they, you know, trying to prove to them you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more crazy you'll look. Yeah. And you know, we we in in the in the room when we were talking about it, we said, if you just did it for half an hour, f- without break, you would just go completely insane, and the episode would actually be really interesting. So sometimes the solution to a little thing is to say, well, what happens if you just keep doing it, or just do yeah. make it a relentless thing? That was one of my favourite episodes, actually. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was a lot of fun to yeah. to storyline, and then when you go what happens if the psychiatrist doesn't really speak for the first 10 minutes and it's just them filling yeah. the silence and yeah. and then they said, can we get Mark Heap? Oh, yes, please. Yeah. And then it's, then it's all very exciting. Right. So characters in conflict is one. The flip side of that, I suppose, is focus on stories that don't rely on outside characters, right. mm-hmm. especially in your first series, um, especially in your first script. And we'll we'll come on to that in the next podcast about the first 10 pages that will yep. be a sort of a factor i'm sure mm-hmm. so idea uh, so for example uh, uh, jeff and or what's it what's well, jeff lives with who what's her name again sally sally and jeff sally with the hair with, sally with a weird hairdresser with a weird hairdresser yeah so say sally wants to get a plumber in to fix something oh mm. i don't want to see a plumber um so is there any way in which Jeff doesn't want the plumber to come, so he decides to fix it himself. Right. The plumber never arrives, yeah. or whatever. Or he, she discovers that the plumber's actually really fit. Mm. And and so that's why she, she's using this as an excuse to get a fit plumber out who's going to get wet and take mm. his shirt off. Mm. So he's determined to stop that, or, or whatever it is. Right, okay. But ideally you don't... But it has to be about them, their marriage. Am I not man enough for you? Yeah. Do I not please you anymore? That sounds like the plot of about 598 porn films from the 1970s. Well, exactly, there you go. So that, that would also inform it, I'm sure. And then um, avoid stories that cause our characters to act out of character for some plotty reason. Mm-hmm. So those are, for example, in Midsummer Night's Dream, oh, it's a love potion, I'm now going to fall in love with the first person I see. I hate that play. Or hypnosis. yeah. Hypnosis really is really hacky. Yeah. It can work in one of my favourite films is Office Space. Mm. And to, it's not so much hypnosis as the fact that his hypnotist dies or has a heart attack whilst he's under. But as a rule... To be fair to 
Shakespeare as well. He wasn't actually writing half-hour sitcom episodes. Well, you know. okay. Well, I went hold that against him. Yeah, okay. But uh, overall, you don't want... And it is amazing so how Shakespeare often... Shakespeare gets the... No, just, just that play. Just that, just play. that play. Yeah, okay. yeah. tiresome. All right. I yeah. all the ones where they dick around in yeah. chorus. Yeah. yeah. You prefer the earlier funny ones. Oh, I prefer his early work. Yeah. Comedy okay. of Errors. Yeah. Um, okay. Two Gentlemen of Verona. Right. The first Fun, funny, one, funny dog. There's a dog in that, isn't there? Is there? I don't know. I just, I just know. I and just a winter's tale. I've just had to write a song featuring all 40 Shakespeare oh, great. plays in one two-minute song. So. Have you got the exit pursued by a bear? Uh, no, there's just, there's, there's just the titles. Oh, I, just I, the titles. I, don't, I, I know that line, though. From, so. That's the only thing people know about winter's tale, yeah, is yeah. it has exit pursued by a bear. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you want to avoid that because, again, it's just... Thinking, is this your pilot script? Is this your first series? Are people going to know the character well enough to know he's acting out of character? There is a bit of Faulty Towers where I think it's after the Germans episode where he ends up in the hospital at the end. Isn't it the Germans episode? It is the Germans episode. That's why he does the... Yeah. 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 And the moose lands on his head or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the very end. I think. I tell the tyrant queen her <laughs> cardies are safe forever. Mister Moose is up. Blah blah blah. Um, one of the two episodes of that show I like. <laughs> then, um, yeah. So, but overall, he acts in character. Yeah. And when he acts out of character, so when Victor Meldrew, I think, ends up taking quite a lot of drugs by mistake, I think, and then and becomes very very calm. That's very funny, but it's only funny because we've seen a lot of victims. You need to be about two or three series in, don't you, before your character does a thing that is out of character. And even then, you don't want it to go on for too long. So there's that. The next one is avoid any stories based around birthdays. Um, There should be a union rule about this. (laughs) Um, This is where we disagree. I mean, I don't... I I think... where I, I like the idea of, of stories that are seemingly very, very dull and ordinary. And I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily do a birthday episode myself, but it's a good exercise for you with, to, to find out a bit about your character. Yeah. Is to say, well, right, okay, well, how, how, how would David Brent, uh, what, what, the, what would the office David Brent birthday episode be? Yeah. And you know it would be him waiting for the surprise party that he's sure that they're going yeah. to make that never happens. Yeah. And what, that, that would be a very different yeah. episode from saying. Yeah. You know, it's, a good, it's a good writing yeah. exercise. Yeah. Going back to the what's your sitcom about and thing, it would mm-hmm. be like, what does your character want? What does yeah. your character get? So how do they, you know, what are they hoping for? What do they get? Right. I think that's a, that's a useful uh, thing to do. Yeah. Also, if you do have a birthday, you might have to specify what age they are. And in general, specifying ages is a very unwise thing to do because mm, you are pinning yourself. And the moment you discover a character is 40, you think, oh, but hang on, you've got an aha poster up in your room. That means you must have been this age when that happened. And, and so you've got a 36-year-old daughter. You would have been, yes, exactly. And you're also, what, you had the kid when you were 12? I think that right. should be a plot point, you know. Yeah. So you, yeah, fair enough. nothing okay. good comes of it in that sense. All right. And then... Um, Just for exercise, then. Focus, for focus on stories that begin and end in your regular locations, if mm. possible, especially if it's a studio show, which I'm always trying to push people towards. And so, and that's just because it just plays better in the room. You just mm-hmm. want to be able to do the show in the in the space and have your denouement there. And finally, avoid stories that rely on artistic endeavour. Yep. Because 
you know, it's like, is there going to be a concert? Where, oh, it turns out he plays the guitar really well. How well is well? It, what are the stakes here? It just isn't particularly clear. And I'm, I remember you will know you will know about this. An episode of Not Going Out was veering towards this at one point. Modern art. And I started thinking, yeah. well, there, was, there was a rock concert in one of them. Oh, a, yes. And, yeah, and yeah. I was thinking, oh, no, they're going to career it towards a thing. Yeah. And somehow, actually, they really, you guys really avoided that. Mm. And it, it was much more satisfying because the, the concert was a real throwaway. Yeah. And then you could just do it for jokes yeah. at the end. It was all about the characters, yeah. really. And, and, but that, that was just a sort of, the, 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 the rock band was just a kind of thing thing that was there to partly to show what a brilliant singer Tim is yes. really. which he is yeah, which he is yeah, a lovely singing voice yeah. um, and to show what a show off uh, Lee Mack is <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually got a fine singing voice oh yeah doesn't, he does. doesn't use it doesn't use it enough there. But, um, but yeah so, so those are the, uh, the, the those stories uh, those, 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 that's a good good list there. I mean one thing that I would add to this thinking about uh, I, I've been reading a lot of sitcom episodes recently and your first point about the characters have to be in conflict um and i i I think one of the things that i'm finding when i read uh sitcom episodes now is there's not enough jeopardy in the script and the reason for that is usually that um the the stories that at at this point when you're coming up with your stories that there aren't enough points where there's a sort of sense that there could be a real conflict here and it isn't just about oh well there's a conflict these are two people arguing you want to be at a point about two-thirds of the episode in don't you where all is lost all is lost everything could go horribly wrong for this person and so um so with the Frasier parking example he just misses all these sort of really special things that mean so much to him just because that character has to prove this petty point and has to has to prove his principle and prove that he was right and he gets into all sorts of trouble for it. But too many too many sitcoms and I, and I notice it on TV. A lot of scripts seem to get through now, and you just you need there to be the, the audience needs to be wanting to watch it over and above just thinking, well, I like that actor or I like those characters. They actually audiences want to know. As they used to say on that, that uh, not they think it's all over. What's it? Question sport. What happens next? Yes, and that's that's yeah. I think is really important, isn't it? So let's just uh, recap now on all the things that we've uh, talked about. Have, about the yeah, uh, my recap would be yeah. have a hundred ideas, hundred ideas. Pick your favourites, expand them a bit. Yes. Use Take, those ideas to spark anecdotes from your own life, from other yeah. people's lives. Do some research. Yeah. And then pick stories out of that list of 20 or 30 that bring your characters into main conflict with each other. Uh, focus on stories that don't rely on outside characters. You know, oh, it's her, his sister arrives, his long lost cousin comes, right. his mum yeah. comes mm-hmm. to stay. Yeah. Avoid stories that cause our characters to act out of characters for some tiresome plotty reason or any reason for that matter. Yeah. And, I don't, and I don't care if you're Shakespeare, you don't get a magic potion. For goodness sake, grow up. <laughs> Avoid stories based around birthdays because, come on, uh, focus on stories that begin and end in your regular locations if at all possible, and avoid stories that rely on artistic endeavour. Okay, that's so my that's hot tips. Those are your hot tips for your story writing. Now, you've stopped listening to this, sit down and write your hundred plots. There are a hundred of them to be done. Okay, so you don't have to do them all in one go, tip away at uh, it. Yeah, it's 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 intense 
uh, generally, yeah. isn't it? Really. Okay. So, well, that's 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 uh, that's our information about uh, plot writing then, and uh, hopefully you will go off now and get those hundred plots, get those conflicts going, and put some jeopardy in there, please. Jeopardy. That's my special request. Um, just uh, before we get to the end, now I want to talk to uh, Katie a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, back from uh, Edinburgh, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing in Edinburgh for uh, four weeks? I was working with an agency. We had seventeen shows. Wow, it was very busy. How many? Uh, how, what were your hours? What were your working hours then, generally? Uh, Ten a.m. till two a.m. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless uh, anyone's listening from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Europe. Yeah. And then Europe. Europe. Down Europe. Down Europe. <laughs> Europe. Yeah. Back off Brussels. Yeah. 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 2am, that was when you finished and then you went off and went drinking yes, for the next literally. three hours. Heavy drinking. Yeah. Yeah. No sleep. Yeah. Up yeah. at fried, yeah. full full English breakfast, full Scottish breakfast at, yeah. at nine and then back into the office. Yeah. What, what are your headlines? What, were, what did you see that made you go, wow, that's just the most amazing thing? Did you I kind of want to talk about some of my shows, but I feel like they're my children, and I can't mention right. one and not the others. Um, shows that weren't ours. I loved Beasts. That was yep. great. Um, Emma City was amazing. I thought she should have got a Best Newcomer mm-hmm. nomination. But Robbed. No. No. Um, and who else? Tom Perry, I loved. Yeah. And our shows are amazing. Of course they are. All yeah. 17. All 17. Yeah. But equally good. Equally and I good. loved them yeah. the same amount. How many shows <laughs> no, is that? Is that 17 multiplied uh, by 20? They weren't all on every day. But yeah. so, so some of them like a four-day stand or... But most of them were yeah. every night. Yeah. And did your... Did the people you're managing, did they have a good experience? What do you think they... Could you see them learning stuff uh, as they were going through? Or what, what sort of... What, uh, to anyone who's thinking about, I mean, we'll do an Edinburgh special, I think, in January and try to talk you out of doing <laughs> Edinburgh, everybody, including you, Katie. Do yeah. it, it's the best. Do it the best. <laughs> but what, what what did you see? Did you see people learning lessons? What? Yeah, I mean, we had a range of people who, so like the beta males, um, so three of the beta males are up doing solo shows, having, you know, um, been in that sketch group for like five, six years. So they all had like, I think, different, different fringes. Um, and I think they all learned something differently as a solo performer mm. than as a sketch group. We had people who it was their first Edinburgh. It's just a big. It's, yeah. a, it's a. It's a. Yeah. yeah. Everyone had a really different fringe, but I think obviously you get to the end and you've learned loads. Yeah. I learned loads. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. And the, the fickle beast of comedy, um, Edinburgh. I think. I think most comedians, Edinburgh is like. It's like being in an abusive relationship, isn't it? You just keep going back for more, yeah. and then you keep yeah. getting smacked. For me, the, the, it was uh, always like it was. It's like a year of your life, but it's sort of put in, uh, put into a three week, three and a half week period. So instead of having like, you know, you'd have like a couple of days, a few days where life just sort of goes on normally, and then you feel a bit better, and you sort of you kind of get a bit of burst of energy for a couple of days, and then it sort of goes down a bit. You'd, it was sort of like you'd have ten minutes of feeling fairly average, and then you'd have like fifteen minutes of feeling fantastic, and then you'd meet someone who who'd. Uh, got a really good review and you didn't think their show was any good and you plumb it down into <laughs> yeah. depths of well this this reminds me if um about books uh because this is one of the things that you write about particularly well in your book dave with the risk of blowing smoke in your book how to be averagely successful at comedy there is a i think you're writing about the just the 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 merciless edinburgh mm. and how it sort of builds you up and knocks you down and smacks you around and so I thoroughly, if you're thinking about doing Edinburgh or have done Edinburgh, I would thoroughly recommend Dave's book because it does, you will, <laughs> it will be therapeutic for you, I think. 
therapeutic for me. I occasionally go back there and remind myself why I'm never going back there. Yes, that's I right. I've gone back this year. Yes, that's it's right. brilliant, though. Uh, oh, it is. Now I love it. The problem yeah. is for me um, is that you sort of you, you start out doing Edinburgh, and by the time you think you've probably cracked it, you're too busy to do it. But your vanity wants you to go back, mm. which is why people tend to go back when they're much more successful about five, ten years later, yeah. do a really big venue because finally they've won Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. But the rules are different for them, so they sort of haven't won, really. It's, and they're, they're, they're the sellouts who are taking your tickets from everybody else. And yeah, yeah. No, there, there are so many, there are a million ways to be slighted when you're up in Edinburgh, <laughs> I think. It is a death of a thousand so, cuts, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, So while we're on the subject of books, thank you for that mention there. Not how, at all. How to be averagely successful at comedy. Uh, but also, uh, your book has just come out as well, James, this sounds like a sort of a sponsor now a word from our sponsors but well, we've actually got, we've got to get something out of this yeah. <laughs> my book is called Writing That Sitcom which is uh, only available on Kindle the Kindle app go to Amazon look for Writing That Sitcom and that's, a, that's a, a thing to say with pride it's only available on Kindle yes okay. that's right you cannot it's not e- it's eco friendly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, that yeah. was that was at the forefront yeah. of my mind. Search it out. Search, Search it out. It really does have everything you want to know if you are trying to write sitcom, uh, which you are presumably. It, it's about nothing else. It is purely about, especially writing. It's called writing that sitcom because it's sort of about your idea writing it. Let's just write that darn yeah. thing. How do you start? How do you see it through? And in the unlikely event that anything happens with it, what happens next? Um, so. And if you've enjoyed our podcasts as well, uh, come and see us. We're actually uh, talking about how to write sitcom. We're doing a couple of dates, Thursday and Friday, 5th and 6th November, at the uh, Canal Museum in uh, King's Cross. The details, you can find that on uh, my website, davecohen.org.uk, uh, how to write uh, about writing sitcom, I think, or writing comedy yeah. is the... Uh, yeah, uh, title. Or, or look on my blog, Sitcom Geek. If you just Google Sitcom Geek, you'll find it. And on the right-hand side, yeah. there's a link to Dave's site. Also, if you do like the podcast, we rate it. Can you rate it on iTunes? I think that's a they thing, can, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. That's yeah. a good thing rating. to have. Yeah. Give us a star rating. It'd be nice to give us a good star rating. And review, yeah. and review it and say that it's helpful or useful or um, should be shut down or whatever it is. But leave mm. us a comment. Uh, that would be very helpful to us yes. in our terms of our rating on iTunes. One other thing to plug is... Yes, someone that uh, James and I both uh, frequently talk about. We're both big fans. John Finnamore. Now, uh, Katie knows all about this. He's doing uh, a live show in yeah, London. Yeah, he's doing a live show at the Shaw Theatre on Euston Road, just near, just near the British Library. And that's the 30th of September to the 11th of October. Very soon, in fact. Uh, soon. It's going to be sketches yeah. from a uh, souvenir programme, um, appearances from characters from Cabin Pressure, which can be exciting. Wow. And the sketches and songs, and help people like Margaret Capon Smith and Simon Kane and Carrie Quinlan. It's great. It is. Yeah. I yeah. We we sometimes refer to John Finnemore. He is essentially an amazing writer, and he will make. We will all be his slaves ultimately. He yeah. just knows what he's doing. He so, is um, Mr. Radio Comedy. Mr. Radio Comedy should be Mr. TV Comedy. Mm-hmm. He's ridiculously will good be. at this, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, and he's a nice man as well. So. Yeah. And he's funny. And <laughs> very, very funny. funny. So and, and he can act. Okay, let's, okay, we're done, John. Okay, that's it. Okay, well, thanks very much. Thank you very much to uh, James. Thank you. And thanks to producer Katie. Thank you. And thanks to Rushforth Media for uh, use of facilities. And we'll be back in two weeks. Next week, snappy ending. Can you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you edit that? Is that right? Yeah. yeah.